ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Bayheim! Wow, is that silence in a little bit? Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Don't up. Fit. Pop pass up in the middle. Tucker's got, got it. Room to run. 15-10. Hit, hit in. Gregory touchdown. The Bills make me wanna shout. Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. In go to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7ESPNRadio.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com
did that. We got Philly and St. Louis underway now. We'll keep you updated on that through the afternoon. Uh, no score in that game. You can tune over and listen. We hope you, you stay with us. We really do. But if you do want to listen to Major League Baseball playoff action, you can hear it right here on ESPN Radio AM 1200, right, our, our AM station. Oh, yeah, all about the baseball. And then uh, the Mets tonight. So um, Eric Dungey will not be joining us today. As it's, uh, yeah, well, you know, he gets a day off, too, once in a while. He's, he's actually traveling abroad. He can tell us about that next week when he rejoins us for our Football Friday activities ahead of Syracuse NC State. So Josh will do his best to replace Eric Dungey, and we will preview the Mets and Padres coming up in this hour. We will talk some Syracuse football, even though it is the bye week. Uh, give you some taste of that here on Football Friday. So, nice mix today. Going to get some baseball in there, too. Draymond Green could be in big trouble. Did uh, the Warriors leak this as to move on from Draymond Green? If you haven't seen that video, that, uh, interestingly enough, hit the uh, internets today. Grainy practice footage of Draymond Green. Smack it like I shouldn't say smacking. That was a full on punch. That was he won MMA on one of his teammates at practice. Uh, certainly more uh, serious than what had been described on the internet. The internet was wrong. Come on, that never happens. So all that to come. You're welcome to join the party at four three seven seventy six forty four on Twitter, Brent Dax Media, or in the live chat at QSportsTalk.com. Because at QSportsTalk.com, you can watch the show. You can interact with us in the chat throughout the show, and you get the show within the show as well. This is a spectacular time of year. It's either now or late March, April. There's The two greatest months in sports, unquestionably, are April and October. I don't think there's really any argument there because you get everything in those months. In April, National Championship in college basketball, Final Four in college basketball. The NBA playoffs are in the air. The hockey playoffs are in the air. We're talking NFL draft hot and heavy with the NFL draft happening in that month, and we need that fix after a few months off of football. There's free agency and some things that pop, but you kind of get back in that football mode. Baseball begins. The Masters, right? It's just an incredible time of year in sports. It's a renewal at that time of year, particularly in early April. We've been cooped up all winter, and, you know, we want to get back at it. We're thinking about getting outside and playing some of these sports in addition to just watching the sports. Or you could pick October when things kind of flip the script here. So I want to have a little fun in the monologue today. And, look, if I had to pick one right now, I would flat out take April. I think April's the best sports month of the year for all those things I described. You throw in the Masters, you throw in just that renewal of it's spring, we want to get outside again. This time of year, we're hunkering down, right? We're determining whether or not to turn on the heat. Winter's coming. I love fall. Fall is my favorite time of year, but you kind of know it's around the corner, right? Whereas thinking about getting warmer versus thinking about getting colder, I think that's why I, I pick April, but it is a dead, dead heat, a dead heat. Very close, trust me, on that. So we're going to wake up the voice guy here. We're going to uh, rank the top five sports things in October. I'm not even going to ask the question because I know. Number five. He's ready. He's just there. What a pro that guy is. 
the NBA begins. Now, I'm not a huge NBA fan. I've never hidden that. I watch the games. I keep up with the league. I don't have a favorite NBA team. It's just never been my thing. I've just been more of a college basketball fan having grown up here, and I just never got passionate about the NBA. But a lot of you are passionate about the NBA. The NBA being back on, you know, it's a random Wednesday night, and you know, there's not really a lot to watch. I mean, I'll watch any hockey game anytime over the NBA, to be honest with you, but those juicy NBA games and those that say, you know, they don't play defense during the year in the regular season. NBA is garbage. I mean, that that take is garbage is what it is. Now, some games, you know, I don't think I'm running towards like the Grizzlies, you know, taking on, I don't know, give me some random West Coast team at 1030 at night on TNT, right? I'm running towards that one. Timberwolves, Grizzlies. Can you feel the excitement? No, of course I'm not going towards that. But to have it back in our lives, to have professional basketball there, for the basketball fans, that that's what carries them through the winter, knowing that that's there, that's pretty cool. Number four. I'm a much bigger fan of this. College Hoops enters the chat. You start to see uh, the Syracuse basketball team, as a matter of fact, is in Rochester tonight. Our friends in Rochester, both the men's and women's teams, out in Rochacha for what they're calling Monroe Madness and appealing to the many uh, – Syracuse fans out in western New York, right? So that'll be a great event for those of you that may be watching us on QSportsTalk.com, listening on the app, and you're in western New York. Um, that'll be a fun event. Get up close and personal with this team. You're actually getting the first look at Syracuse basketball this year. Next Friday is kind of their version of, you know, it used to be Midnight Madness. Now it's just, you know, kind of whatever you call it, Orange Madness or that. It's media day next Friday for basketball it enters the chat. We start seeing the lists, and we start talking hoops, and we start thinking about hoops, and we start getting real footage from practice. And next thing you know, there's a couple of exhibition games, and then it's November, whatever it is this year. It's the 7th, and it's game one, right? So we don't see real college basketball in October, but it enters the chat in October. Number three. Hockey's back. Drop the puck. There's actually a National Hockey League game going on as we speak. I've got my League of Dorks hockey draft tonight. Plot and strategy earlier with uh, Rick DiUlio about who to take. I don't want to give away strategy in case any league members are listening here. Let's just say Uncle Brent needs a goalie, though. And I'll leave it at that. There's a hockey game going on right now. The Predators lead the Sharks 3-1 to because they are playing overseas. I believe in Prague, right, is where that game takes place. Tuesday, hockey will be back, including the Lightning and the Rangers. We're going to talk to our friend Liam McHugh next week uh, from the NHL on TNT. The Syracuse alum will join us to preview the upcoming NHL season. Uh, that just, uh, you know, there's nothing like the rhythm to me of – on any random night when we're not watching Syracuse basketball, we're not invested in something else, football going on, I can just tune – I will watch any hockey game anytime. I don't care who's playing. Now, if it's like a 5 nothing blowout, yeah, I'll, I'll bail and go watch something else. But what I was saying I wouldn't do for the NBA, I will do in the NHL. I will watch any game anytime. I don't get the package. I'm not that hardcore because it's not worth the investment for me because – you know, there's other things going on that, that I, I have to watch. And, and like we said, when we get in the rhythm of Syracuse basketball season and things of that nature, just it's not worth the investment to me. But to know on a, any random night, I can watch the Sabres, I can watch the Rangers, I can watch the Islanders, the Devils, or that TNT 
matchup. ESPN's back in the mix, right? ESPN Plus, I do get that, which essentially gives me the hockey package because they carry so much hockey. It's back. Love that it's back. Nothing kind of marks the time of heading into the winter months, knowing that hockey will be there. Obviously, the Syracuse Crunch, they play an exhibition game, which you can hear right here on ESPN Syracuse tonight. I was happy to hear that that we're going to be carrying some crunch hockey, exhibition style, get Lucas Favalli and company warmed up against Utica, Utica, a couple of exhibition games, and then the crunch will be back, right? And that's an option pretty much every weekend through the winter, right? And our friends in Utica, of course, the Comets are bringing back those sweet old-school Devils jerseys that they wore in the uh, kind of mid to late 1990s. That's fantastic. So hockey's back, baby. Number two, football games that matter. Okay. It gets real in October. Not that Syracuse to use them specifically, because we're not just talking about them, but not that Syracuse didn't have real games in September. They had some tough, real games. Purdue was a real game. Virginia was a real game right down to the end. ACC Syracuse before the month ended had two ACC wins in the books as part of a tough schedule. But real football games that start to decide who the real contenders are, and there's a few contenders in the Atlantic Division, specifically in the ACC, the big games that you look at the schedule and you say, if I'm going to go to one game, I'm going to go to that game, typically are in the month of October. Even in the National Football League, you start to get some separation. You start to get some loser-leave-towns matches. You start to get into divisional matches a little bit more. Real football games. Not that we didn't see any in September, but it starts to feel real. It starts to feel like some separation. For Syracuse, they're 5-0, and and that's great, but we know the tougher part of the schedule is to come. It's not five in a row at home, four in a row at home, bye week in there. It's you're home, you're on the road, maybe two in a row, then three of your last four are on the road, and that's that's another thing about this time of the year. A lot more visits to other stadiums and other cities and other campuses, and weather starts to become a factor in games in October. Real football, real John Facenda-like football, both college and the NFL. Number one. But number one is the Major League Baseball playoffs. There's nothing like October baseball, even if you do not follow baseball day in, day out, through the season, maybe you watch your team or kind of keep on top of it, right? And before he even he is, emails me, every time I talk about baseball, I get an email from, uh, this is for an audience of one, from a gentleman named David, save it. Don't send the email because I'll just delete it and I won't read it. And what he emails me every time I bring up baseball is, hey, nobody cares about barn sticks. Nobody cares about baseball. That is such a load of crap that nobody cares about baseball particularly in October, it's the playoffs, dude. You want to tell me nobody cares about baseball on August 3rd, maybe you got something. But in October, save it. So don't even waste the digital ink to send me that email. And if you're not a baseball fan, you're not into the baseball playoffs, hey, that's fine. I'm not trying to force something down your throat you don't like, but it's the playoffs. It's October. The Mets are in. The Yankees are in. Again, I I'm, I'm think I'm speaking to many, 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 many more people that are into it. The Dodgers won 111 games. Just today, Cleveland beats Tampa Bay. 
in a two-hour, 17-minute game, right? This new format, I love that they're doing two out of three and that, the in, you know, in case of the Mets, they're going to host all if they go three. But as far as it goes, all those games are at City Field. And what matters this time of year? We know about the guys like Scherzer and DeGrom and the Stars like Judge on the Yankees and, and the offense that the Dodgers bring to the table. But I love the little stories that develop. Somebody that's been kind of lurking in the shadows, some September call-up that could make a difference. You know, because you get back to playing real baseball, start playing small ball, pitching matters, bullpen decisions matter, pitchers going on three days rest, and just all the greatness that is October baseball. October was born for this. All those other things are great. Basketball's back in our lives. We're dropping the puck, talking hockey, football games that matter, right? All four sports humming along here. But the one that finally gets the spotlight and the one that deserves the spotlight and the games that matter and the tension pitch by pitch of postseason baseball, man, I don't want to say there's nothing like it because it's not my favorite thing in sports. But there is, uh, how can you not be romantic about baseball? And how could you not be romantic about October? Where we don't care how long the games are. It was pretty cool. That was only two hours and 17 minutes earlier today. I'll take that any day of the week and twice on Sunday, friends. But sometimes that four, four and a half hour game is necessary. It's not fun in July 23rd. But in October, time doesn't matter. Baseball matters. And that the best thing in this month of October and it's rolling and we'll keep you updated on it. We're going to keep talking about it next because with uh, football Friday activities at somewhat of a pause with Syracuse on a bye week, uh, Josh will attempt to take the place of Eric Dungeon. big shoes to fill there, but he won't be talking football. So I guess that'll ease the tension of that. Speaking of which there's no score between Philly and St. Louis, Albert Pujols got a massive ovation. In St. Louis, it was really cool to see. And that incredible second half that he's having, and that's what St. Louis is leaning on. They're an experienced team. You know, you've got Pulhos and Yadier Molina, the ageless wonder, and Adam Wainwright, and just names you've heard time after time in the postseason. One of the most consistent teams that have made the postseason in baseball over the last, you know, you name it, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. The Cardinals are always there. Pound for pound, arguably the best baseball city in America. And that's what I love about October, man. Just any given time during the day, you're seeing a game like that on. A lot of great teams, a lot of upset stories to come. And which one will the Mets be a part of? Matt fans, I don't know if you're excited that the Mets are back in the postseason for the first time since 2016. I I took... Three steps in the building, looked at Josh. I could just tell he was a wreck. Just could tell he was a wreck. It wasn't like, let's go. We're in the playoffs. It's just like the tension's already starting to mount. So help, hopefully by bringing Josh in here and talking some baseball and previewing that series, uh, it'll ease some tension there. The Paul Sibilia, Josh Golden Bowl. Paulie's Padres, Josh's Mets going toe-to-toe. So Met fans, you're feeling it. The Yankees won't even play till Tuesday, so. You guys get a few days and get the weekend to just kind of enjoy other people playing baseball. But the Mets don't get that opportunity. And that is something we'll talk about with our friend Josh coming up next. You're welcome to join us throughout the afternoon at 437-7644. Brent Dax Media on Twitter in the chat at QSportsTalk.com. So it's football Friday, but we got some baseball. 
to cover too, friends. And, and we will do that throughout the afternoon. Stay right there. We're coming back. We're glad you're here on a Friday. Don't go anywhere. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Driven by Burdick BMW. Welcome back, friends. Football Friday here, but we're certainly keeping an eye on the baseball playoffs. Seattle 4, Toronto nothing. Bottom 5. North of the border there, eh? Philly uh, beat St. Louis 6-3, to game one of that series, and uh, Cardinals went into the top of the ninth up 2-0 and lost 6-3. to So, yeah, they fell apart in the top of the ninth of that game. But on to football we go, friends, because the pick six awaits. We pick three games in the National Football League, three games in college, and we will start in the world of college football where Florida State Visits NC State, where NC State is minus three. Where NC State has won 13 straight games at home. That's the fourth longest streak in the nation. Where NC State is coming off a loss at Clemson. The Seminoles coming off a loss to Wake Forest. Both those ranked teams. Something going on with Devin Leary this year. There's just a lack of a proven go-to threat downfield. He's still trying to find that receiver. And he could find him against Florida State. They have allowed eight touchdown passes in ACC play alone and allowed opposing passers to connect on 62% of their attempts. Jordan Travis for Florida State is pushing the ball downfield for the Seminoles. It's an offensive-minded team this year. He leads the ACC, is tied for eighth nationally, averaging 9.7 yards per pass attempt, while his 14.77 yards per completion Tops the ACC and is top 10 in the country. So, NC State's the more physical team. NC State's at home. NC State's pissed off after losing to Clemson. And NC State is going to lose to Florida State. Give me the Seminoles. Plus three in Raleigh that will send NC State here next week on a two-game losing streak. TCU, Kansas. Get ready for points, friends. TCU's minus six and a half. It's the game day game. Kansas checked off the list of schools that game day had never visited until tomorrow. The Horn Frogs are top 25 for the first time in more than three years. The Jayhawks are top 25 for the first time since 2009. Jalen Daniels has thrown for 983 yards and 11 touchdowns, just one pick. Max Dugan, TCU, leads the nation in passing efficiency, throwing for 997 yards and 11 touchdowns without an interception. So far this year, running back uh, Kendra Miller for the Horn Frogs. I just love saying Horn Frogs. Leads active Power 5 players at 7.43 yards per carry for his career. However, the Kansas defense held Iowa State to 26 yards rushing last week. The fewest yards allowed on the ground by the Jayhawks since 2009. Give me Kansas. Plus six and a half at home. TCU might win this. There is going to be a lot of points. Bang the over on this game. Are you kidding me? It's 69. Nice. That's the easiest play of the week right there. But give me Kansas plus six and a half in a shootout. Utah at UCLA. Utah's minus three and a half. It bounced back pretty impressively since losing to Florida in week one. They have won the past five games against UCLA by an average of 27 points per game. UCLA's eight-game winning streak is tied with Coastal Carolina, 
for the second longest in the FBS that only trails Clemson, who's won 11 in a row. Utah, stingy defense. Eight players with at least two and a half tackles for a loss this season. Seven takeaways in two Pac-12 games. Six picks, one fumble recovery. The Bruins defense has allowed 12 scores in 13 red zone possessions this year. Nine touchdowns included, including five touchdowns and a field goal on six drives in Pac-12 play. Folks, I could not love Utah more in this game. Utah is going to roll UCLA at UCLA, knock UCLA off the ranks of the unbeaten, and that's my play of the week right there. The over on TCU-Kansas is the easiest play, but if you want a traditional play, Utah is going to roll UCLA this week. We move on to the world of the National Football League where the Giants, the Packers, in London! Green Bay minus eight across the pond. Over the past 15 years, teams favored by at least seven points in international games are 7-0 and against the spread. 6-0 and against the spread in London, by the way. The Packers' defense right now ranks in the bottom third of the NFL in yards allowed per carry. The Giants have the NFL's leading rusher in Saquon Barkley. He's run at the second-best clip in the league at 5.8 yards per carry. Aaron Rodgers is averaging 6.2 yards per attempt. His fewest through four games since becoming a starter in 2008. His 43.1 QBR this season is also his worst through the first four games of the season. But New York also has not faced a quarterback like Rodgers and has a pedestrian 9.0 sacks and a 29% pressure rate. And the Giants are banged up. Tony, Galladay, Flott, Mondu, Mondu, all questionable for this game with various injuries. Give me the pack to take care of business, minus eight against the Giants in London. Cowboys, Rams, Rams minus five and a half. Since the start of last season, Dallas is nine and one against the spread on the road. 13 and two against the spread in conference games. Matthew Stafford has been sacked 16 times. That's tied for second most in the NFL. Meanwhile, Dallas is tied for second in the NFL with 15 sacks and have the best pass rush win rate in the NFL at 56%. The Cowboys will be the third pass defense the Rams have faced so far, ranked in the top seven. And their very pass rush will make life difficult for one Matthew Stafford, who has been sacked 16 times. The Rams have been outscored 44-3 to with a minus 41-point differential in the fourth quarter this season. They've outscored opponents by 17 in the first three quarters. Rams minus five and a half? I don't think so. Give me Cooper Rush and the Cowboys to cover the five and a half in Los Angeles. Bengals, Ravens, Baltimore's minus three. Why? Well, Baltimore's 12-2-2 against the spread when the line is between plus three and minus three since 2019. They also have lost a franchise-worst five straight home games by a total of 12 points dating back to last year. The second longest current home losing streak in the National Football League. Joe Burrow has excelled in his past eight road games. Six and two, 18 touchdowns, four interceptions. Man, grab the red pen and circle it 20 times. The Bengals not only cover the three that they're being handed for a team that can't win at home. The Ravens have given up the most pass yards in the NFL. Burrow's licking his chops. they got to keep him upright because that offensive line is still a tragedy. But Baltimore doesn't have the stars on defense they usually do. 
Cincy, plus three, wins outright in Baltimore. That's the pick six. We'll head down the home stretch next. Stay right there.